a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we have Fatima Kojima. She comes by to hang out with us and talk about all the ways to thrive in your sex life. Now, we talk about sexual trauma, smashing through sexual taboos, some DIY sex stuff, tantric... Uh, Kama Sutra, and of course, some body expansiveness. So uh, get your sexual expansiveness on. All the ways to find her, of course, guys, are linked down in the show notes. So make sure that you check her out as well. Uh, just, I guess, for a heads up for the audience, there's some OnlyFans links down there. So let's be mature about that. And then there you go. But she's absolutely incredible. You guys will definitely want to hear this episode and then connect further with her. She's a phenomenal resource in this realm. And I really hope that you'll all take advantage of that. So as far as our affiliate links down in the show notes as well, Food Forest Abundance is linked down there. Check that out for sure. If you want to start your own podcast, Libsyn link is down there. That's who I host through. Highly recommend. As well as if you are going to buy any damn thing at all on Amazon, uh, do it through our link. It's also linked down in the show notes. It helps the show for something that you were going to do anyway. So that's awesome. Easy one, right? And if you want to expand your experience with us here on the program, you can do so at expandingrealitypodcast.com, also linked down in the show notes. That is going to be where Rockfin, all socials, merchandise, all that stuff, uh, the lives that we do on Rockfin, the premium content model, is are uh, reposted there. So y'all can go watch those there for free, as well as some Too Hot for YouTube stuff. So make sure you check down and uh, everything else. So let's get to this incredible conversation, guys, with Fatima Kojima. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcoming to the show, Fatima Kojima. She is amazing. Hi. Well, oh, there we go. Ona Bugesha, which we talked about, female samurai. So you can walk away from this show knowing that if you don't learn anything else at all, a female samurai is named Ona Bugesha. There you go. Ona Bugesha. Ona Bugesha. Fatima, Ona thank Bugesha. you so much. It is so cool to finally get to speak to you. Uh, you are. We have mutual friends galore. And so I can't wait to get into this. But before we do that, uh, for the folks out there that may not know too much about you, uh, let us know who you are. Okay. Uh, well, hello, everyone. My name is Fatima Kojima or Fatima Kojima, whatever is easier for you to say. Um, I am an intimacy and self-love coach as well as a model. I primarily uh, model in the form of nude modeling, artistic to erotic. That's my thing. Um, I was a former competitive figure skater, grew up in Michigan, moved to California, Los Angeles three years ago. And I'm just living my best life as much as I can. Yes. <laughs> well, I definitely, like I said, we have mutual friends. I've, of course, you know, researched my guests. And so I've looked up a few of your profiles and you have a blast. Like you're so much fun to follow because you have such great wisdom to offer whenever you want to sit down and offer that. Uh, but then other than that, it's fun and you're running around doing your thing or it's very intimate. And it's very, 
amazing. So uh, I, I dig the hell out of uh, your style, your vibe. You've really, uh, you, what I picture, what I see when I see you is somebody that's really figured it out. Like you figured you out, which I think is one of the coolest things in the world. So let me ask you this. Have you always been this you or was there a time before the you now uh, that you can think to where things were completely different? Um, I feel like I've always had the spirit of me. Uh, and I feel like I've always honored kind of like loving me first before changing for somebody else, which did cause trialing times throughout my life. Because as I explored and stepped more into the woman that I am now, I had communities or friendships that like wanted to go into contention with me. Like, no, don't be this way. You're not good this way. Even if religions and certain things, but I've always stayed true to me. Um, but of course, like just going about my journey, I've explored different things and whatnot, but I feel like I've always pretty much just been true to myself. I like it. I dig it. it. Sometimes that's innate in folks and sometimes it's not and something they discover later through whatever means, but I was just curious about it, but uh, I dig that. So tell us about your heritage. Okay, so I am a multitude of things. <laughs> I am part Japanese, African American, and discovered that primarily from uh, Nigeria and a little bit of Ghanaian. So that's really cool. Um, I am Choctaw Indian, Native American, and also English and Irish. So I mix up, and I have a smidget of South Korean. So I like to claim that when I can. You I love wanna... my K dramas. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And you got to throw it in there. That's, that's incredible. What a melting pot. So how do you, how do you feel that your culture is being so diverse has prepared you to interact amongst people who don't necessarily have that same background and that understanding? Um, for the growing up, it was really easy for me. I never really had like complexes with my identity or connecting with people and fitting in or them understanding me, etc. But as I've gotten older and more recently within the past few years, um, I noticed that people either well, one, I don't know if this is really answering your question the right way, but one, they'll either like not even see me as anything that I am. So it's so interesting that people will um, kind of view you as what they are like used to. Like out here in California, people will think, oh, are you Filipino? Um, Because there's a lot of Filipinos out here in California. Um, Back in Michigan, people will just, you know, think, oh, are you just black and Japanese? Um, So it's interesting how people, depending on their regions, will... I might have to kick my dog out. Um, depending on their regions, they view me in different ways. Um, and it also has been a little tough just because um, seeing more and more as I get into adulthood that there's these, these like communities and I don't necessarily fit into fully the Japanese community, the African-American community, the Native community. Um, so I often feel like an alien and um, I just usually claim myself as multicultural. I never like really pick one over the other. That's nice. You have like cultural wanderlust. I dig that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a nomad in my cultures. <laughs> well, but that's what's so wonderful about it is because you fit in everywhere because you're from nowhere. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I dig it. Okay. So let's talk about sex. What got Ooh. you into that? <laughs> Besides the obvious that um, it's super dope. What made you take the direction that you did with it in your personal life? Yeah. Yes. So um, for the modeling aspect, I got into modeling young, around 16 years old. And as soon as I was 
of age will just pretty much say I started to do nude modeling. And uh, I just, I've loved it ever since. I feel that there's something so just beautiful about seeing the body as is captured timeless. And what I love is that like seeing, for example, like images of me throughout the years, it's like a moment captured of my body in each era that I've been in. And I just think that's so, I don't know, special. Um, and so I've gotten more into erotic nude modeling and such things as I've explored my sexuality and my uh, journey with self. Um, there was a time period where my sexual energy was completely cut off. I had a head injury literally almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, and during that time period, initially, my sex drive was depleted. And um, it took me going into a self-pleasure journey within the past few years to reconnect to it, uh, even to where uh, my partner and I have been with um, the same guy for 11 years now. We were not having sex for like a long time because of the head injury. And so I got to a place where I'm like, what, what is happening right now? Like I am a young woman. I should be thriving in this chapter of my life. Um, and I went through the journey of self-pleasure to reconnect myself. And that then sparked me discovering that I want to be an intimacy and self-love coach because it was more than just having an orgasm and feeling good. It was self-love and getting out of the blockages in my head, um, understanding that masturbation isn't a bad thing and really appreciating my body, how it looks, all of that stuff. And I realized I want to help people reach what I've reached also. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I have a joke for you. So what do you call a cow masturbating? Um, I was going to say a milkman, but that's a, that's not a cow. I, I have no idea. Beef stroganoff. So that's oh our <laughs> segue <laughs> into what led you into your self-pleasure journey. <laughs> um, so what led me into it? So I moved from Michigan to California, and I feel like that just really shifted um, really everything for me. I felt more free here. I felt more open. I felt like I could really just discover myself out here. And I didn't feel limited to the societal structures that were at home, so to speak. No disrespect to my at-home Michigan lifestyle, but it just isn't for me. Um, and so once I got out here, I, like I said, I, I told myself, I don't want to be what I've been all these years. I want to be sexually expansive. I want to be embodied. I want to reconnect with my partner. I want to also be able to give pleasure to myself without needing to go to my partner if I should want to. And so that's what began the self-pleasure journey. And um, it really led me into the coaching because for the longest, I was fighting the niche that I wanted to be in for coaching. I went into life coaching and I'm like, no, that's not really it. And then I went to personal training. And I'm like, that's not really it either. I was like fighting my true offering that I wanted to give. And then it just all came full circle with the modeling, the self-pleasure journey, and then bam, intimacy and self-love coaching. <laughs> It's amazing. It's like it was right there the whole time. So you just put all of these things, coaching and training into your sexual expressive yep. lessons. It's it's fascinating. So uh, what, though, makes you 
what made you feel like that it was necessary to identify that particular part of your issue? Was it because if you had no sex drive, was it a concern at that point with the head injury uh, or was it just a non sequitur? Like some people without a sex drive just won't even think about it. Like it's a it's just a non issue. So was there was there an issue? I mean, obviously, with your partner that had to have spawned it, right? No. So it was primarily from the head injury after I had it. I was feeling pain like in my atama, which is head, by the way. Um, so I was feeling pain in my head nonstop. So I couldn't even go down into like wanting pleasure, feeling it. Um, and also at that time, my partner and I weren't really as equal energy exchanged. He was still coming to the idea of fully committing to me. So that was, of course, playing a part. And also I was exploring my faith. So I was heavily involved in the Islamic faith at that time. And that also created a divide or a separation for me wanting to experience pleasure for myself because I'm wanting to abide by the customs and um, lifestyle of the Islamic faith. So once I broke free from religious uh, constraints, as I would like to say, and once my partner and I got into a more solidified place, <laughs> and once I gained power over my head symptoms and sensations, I was able to finally like step into my body and me again. Let me ask you this. If it's too personal, just let me know. Uh, how long was it between orgasms for you within that time period? What's the longest stretch you ever went on? Uh, like being sexually active, you mean? Yes, ma'am. Um, so I would say in the first year after my head injury, my partner didn't have sex. My partner and I did not have sex for a full year. And then it might be like only three or four times a year we were having sex for like the next two or three years, four years after that. Some people talk about this idea of sexual withholding sexual energy and that the withholding of it once released is something very, very powerful. And even during that iteration or that hiatus from abstaining from sexual interactions, uh, it, it increases in power and potency. I'm just curious to see if you notice anything like that. I actually, um, I didn't notice that. I noticed it when I started going into my masturbation uh, practices. When I started to have sex with my partner again, it was honestly miserable because I was suffering from dyspareunia, which is vaginal uh, pain. And I was experiencing vaginal dryness. My, my, if I can say it, my pussy was not doing what it did before. So it was not like something that I was looking forward to. So I was really just going into sexual activity to please him because I, I know that he needs that and I want him to have that. So when I stepped out of that and started to experience fun with toys and um, yoni massage and tantric exercises, and even like um, really like it, they're called dearmoring. I was just talking with a friend about this the other day, yesterday, actually, that's so funny, but dearmoring um, practices where you are literally getting in tune with your vulva in very um, more deep ways, not sensual, like feeling what feels good, touching the places that make you maybe kind of cringe a little, looking at yourself, crying even. When I started going through all that, then I got to this place where I felt like a huge release and all this power rushed into me. And it's been so much better for me and my partner and I. It's amazing. Uh, so, so 
Let me ask you that. Do, do guys experience this as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, of course, it can be from different things. Uh, maybe even like I was uh, with a, talking with a client and he has been um, having an issue because he's so used to his partner that he had before. So he has blockages connecting with new women because he's, you know, still having a, a hold to his prior relationship. Or it can be um, hormonal things. As men get older, their testosterone is decreasing. So that's um, causing less sexual arousal. And so they need to slow it down and reconnect to their bodies in different ways, um, which is how I help men. I will do things like give uh, guided audio masturbations where I'm talking you through this whole tantric experience um, or visually as well. Uh, but for men that maybe struggle with pornography addiction, that's where I would give them an audio and tell them to go into your body, breathe, touch your chest, um, and just, you know, take it slower. Um, yeah. So men can definitely go through it also. It's very interesting, you know, because whenever you talk about this type of in intimacy, uh, usually, uh, again, you know, from societal's point of view, from a 3D point of view, if we want to put it that way, it's it's much more of a feminine thing. It's much more not only acceptable, but, you know, awesome uh, for females to embark on that because we want y'all to be happy. We want y'all to figure yourselves out. But guys usually think that they've got it figured out. So what mm -hmm. would you say to the, because women are all on board with this. And I love this idea, by the way, because this to me is so important because this is what radiates from you and your self-confidence. You've explored every nook and cranny that you've got. You know what you like, you know what you don't. You push the boundaries of discomfort for the exploration and mystery. I, I think it's awesome. Like, again, what, you, what you've done and where, where you've put yourself in your existence, your choice of experience here is uh, noble. And this is something that I think a lot of people are going to really, really enjoy to hear and be motivated to embark on themselves and, of course, contact you. So, guys, you know the deal. All the ways to find her, of course, are linked down in the show notes. She's got a ton of links. I'll throw uh, her link to her website up there. And so you guys can check that out for sure. Uh, definitely check out some of the things she offers. Your YouTube is wonderful. Uh, like I said, um, you do a great job. So let me ask you this, back to the, the guy thing for a little bit, because I feel like you have a lot to offer from that perspective um, because you help men too. So what would you say to guys that pun intended, that it's hard for them to come to somebody like you or at all mm -hmm. and admit that maybe they have some growing to do in that area? Um, well, I would say really think about that. This is your, not to sound kind of morbid, but it's like, this is your one shot. We only, as far as we know, get this life experience this one time. And uh, you do have to take into accountability that as you get older, um, your pleasures will have to probably switch into different things than just sexual base. So while you can explore your body and pleasure and experience all of this, embark on it and go into it and don't feel shame because the shame that you feel or that you think you feel, it's not from you. It's from society. It's from the medium. It's from a source that is telling you what you should do or not do. It's from religion. It's from family, which is again, just being passed down ancestrally. So take charge in the now and of your life. And if there's a blockage you need to sort through, if there are thoughts that you don't want to have that you have, if you want to experience more then somebody like me, I'm here for you to journey along with you. And I am seriously like a safe space. <laughs> I, I, I take in a lot from people, uh, 
it doesn't matter what it is. As long as, you know, I don't fear that you've harmed somebody, it stays with me and we will continue to just go into the journey together. Check out the links in the show notes, guys. Safe space coming at you. All right. So talk to us about some. Oh, go, please, please. I'm sorry. I do want to say, um, so I have two only fans, um, and one is more erotic. So if you're comfortable viewing me in a very erotic way, you can go there and connect with me there. If that's too much for you, if you need to not be at a space like that, um, then I have a more artistic space where it's more so just me giving you holistic practices. We do breath work, uh, stretching. A lot of it is nude, but it's not to like really take you to an arousing place. It's just to um, be comfortable being nude. Um, And sometimes I share a little bit of my artistic modeling, but it's nothing super erotic. So check out which space you'd rather be at. Perfect disclaimer. And thank you. They're clearly marked, right? Are they clearly marked? Yes. Okay. They're clearly marked and they will be located in the show notes. So guys, definitely check that out. And thank you uh, for the heads up on that. I appreciate that. So uh, there's a young lady I've had on the show named Jenny Rivers. I've got to connect you to. You would absolutely adore her. And one of the things that she and I talked about was her idea that uh, taboos taboos, are guardians to knowledge. And so I think one of the biggest taboos out there, and I think we can all agree with this, would be the taboos involved and wrapped around sex. So uh, tell me what you think about the taboo of sex. Um, I think that it's primarily fear-based and I think it's control-based. So um, if we look back at how our ancestors lived, they embodied sacred sexuality so much better. They respected women even so much better. Um, even, Even men, because I feel like And some women will get mad at me, but I feel like we, and I say it just in general, but we as women, we are sometimes emasculating the man. We are trying to um, take away the power that he should have and can have. So it's about finding the balance of what we both can give to each other. But back in our ancestral times, I feel like they just got it so right. You know, there was so much more honor about it and all. But now there's fear and it's a control thing. Um, If we allow humans to be in their sexual expansiveness, one, sexual energy creates creative energy. We literally feel, I don't know, when you have a really good orgasm, you just feel like powerful. You feel like free. You feel good. You don't feel controlled. And if we felt that more, if we, if we were able to, um, we wouldn't be controlled as much probably just innately. So it's, it's all about fear and control for what those taboos are and why they're set in place for my opinion. I agree with your opinion. Uh, and that assessment follows through into uh, culture, religion, a lot of things. And you're right, way more in modern times and only in it, primarily in this culture. We have a very you know, uh, stuck up way of looking at it. It's really, really interesting. But yes, it is. It does seem to be a fear based type of thing. So do you think that it's a f- how how do you think that it's manipulating us? I think that it is limiting us completely. Um, And we are essentially becoming humanized robots. We're not able to think for ourselves. Um, And yeah, it's just a very limiting thing. So to be able to like hold your power, stand in your, in your power, sexually, embodiedly, mentally, it, it, it is a very incredible thing. And you just journey through this life a little differently once you tap into that. 
Yeah, hell yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. And you, you look at dystopian future type stuff. Like, have you ever seen the movie uh, Judge Dredd? It had Sylv- the one with Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock. It was like a while, a no, while back. Okay. But I love both of them. So I'm going to need to watch that. It's silly. It's fun. Oh, um, okay. Don't go into it thinking you're going to learn anything. Um, awesome or life-changing go into it knowing it's a nothing box and just hop in that nothing box and enjoy that you're just not thinking about the world ending so um but but in this and why i bring it up is because this is allegedly in the future and all this um in this comic book world or whatever but what they do to have sex in the future is they put on these vr headsets and they've got sensors and everything and then they do it virtually. Nobody has actual sex in the future. And they do this for a couple of reasons. Well, what they said was, uh, is to control breeding uh, because there was a breeding issue or something like that. And so they did it for overpopulation, but also that it was more hygienic and stuff like that. But this is a way, and I agree with you on your assessment, this is a way that they are disconnecting us from our authenticity. They just try this all the time. And so, of course, something is natural and beautiful and life-producing. I mean, it's one of the most sacred things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it would be Definitely. hygienic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's on your list for this weekend to watch uh, with the boo there. Um, so let's talk about DIY sex stuff. So some tips, some tricks. What's your favorite? What you got? Um, so they kind of mix also with what would be, I'd say, more embodied practices also for self-love. Um, so one that's been just like sticking with me lately that I want to do for myself again, um, fire burning ceremony or fire burning ritual. Um That is where if you have a sexual blockage, like let's say for me, for example, it was um, pain during intercourse. I want to hold power over this. I want to get wet. I want to feel the pleasure. I don't want to be in my head during the sexual experience. So you get a sticky note, a piece of paper, whatever, and you write down just in short, you know, vaginal pain, or you write, I want to let this go. I want to hold power. Um, And you get a little cauldron or a little something and you put it in there and you light it on fire and you watch it burn and you're seeing it. But symbolically, when those, you know, they're going to come up again, those thoughts are going to come up again in those blockages. But when they do literally remember that you burn this and when you burn something, it's obliterated. Um, That's also why if I can just say I don't believe in an eternal ongoing hell because fire obliterates something. So Oh, that's a good um, point. Yeah. So that's how I look at things um, in that aspect. But so that's one thing that I do that can connect you one, not just to yourself sexually, but to your mental, you know, you gain mental power and sexual power in this practice. Um, another, I would say would be uh, dance ceremonies. I love this, just, you know, putting on some music and it can be whatever music you need it to be. It doesn't have to be a certain kind. If you need to rock out some days I'm raging out to rock music. Some days I'm getting sultry with jazz, you know, some days I'm being goofy with Britney Spears, like oh, yeah. what, <laughs> yeah, whatever music I need to feel and try your best to shed the layers. And if you can look at yourself in a mirror, that's wonderful. If you're not there yet, don't worry about it. Just feel and move and just just groove. And that's going to start awaking your chakras. And it's going to get you out of your head, get you into your body. And that is what can lead you more into going into your pleasure. So cool. Uh, Ooh. 
What? <laughs> what? We like it. <laughs> we like it. We like it. Okay. Uh, so I'm curious about tantric sex. I honestly have heard it. I've heard Sting does it. I hear that you have sex for like 37 days in a row with no orgasm. Like what? what's it about? What's going on? Dispel some myths. So uh, what I love about Tantra is that it is to be more sacred, more embodied, and uh, not just focus on the orgasm. Um, a lot of those like stories you hear are very extraneous. Like that is totally a way to, way to go about it. Um, and that is a very fulfilling way to go about it too, um, to reach the goal, so, so to speak. But you can also just do short daily Tantra practices. Um, if that just be a five minute massage and not just like, oh, I'm horny, let me grab the toy and use it. Or I'm horny, let's just get together and bang it out like taking time to connect to each other, maybe eye gazing, um, massaging each other. And of course, uh, people, people don't really realize that when they do those things, like when you go and give your partner a massage, they think, well, I'm just giving her a massage. You're going into Tantra. Like that's a tantric practice. Um, so people don't realize a lot of times that they're doing tantric things. Um, so that's what I think is very interesting. So once you're aware, just put more intention into, I'm really giving her this massage from head to toe to not really focus on me and what I need, but to focus on her and give her fulfillment and pleasure. And there's so many layers to it. I'm also as well learning still Tantra myself. So um, it's a very fascinating, wonderful thing, but it's totally beyond just like orgasm. Yeah. Very cool. So every time I'm just giving my wife a massage because I love her, Tantra. I yeah, love it. Tantra. That's literally, that's yeah. Right. It's a form of Tantra. Going into breath work, um, stuff like that. That's that's all Tantra. Sweet. Which I think is so cool. Yeah. It is so cool. <laughs> I'm a sexual god. No big deal. Okay. So uh, let's let's talk about uh, Kama Sutra. So what's your take on that? What What's going on with that? So I would love to explore Kama Sutra more for myself. Uh, my partner... I'm trying to get him expanded, man, even into the BDSM life. I am all for BDSM life and he just doesn't understand it, but that's another subject. Um, but for Karma Sutra, I think that can be so incredible too. But I would say for people wanting to try it, um, if you're wanting to do just, you know, basic, very simple poses, that's one thing. But if you're wanting to like, you know, do backbends and crazy things, Please stretch before, watch a tutorial. Um, don't just look at a picture in a book. We now have like visuals that you can, you know, look it up on YouTube and you'll see how people are getting into the pose because you might pull something or do something and you just don't want that. So that would be my advice for Karma Sutra. Yeah, cut your intimate evening pretty short. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I got a, a, a Kama Sutra pop-up book, which I thought was pretty cool. And yeah, their legs like bend in crazy places. I don't picture anyone trying that you know or they're thinking they could they, you know the overconfidence saying oh hell yeah i got that man uh, it just don't bend like that honey anyway um so this is an interesting one because it's got people being lowered from pulleys like onto onto penises and stuff it's it's really interesting and it just seems like a really cool thing to do i mean this is how you know that like nobody was really starving back then they had time to come up with this shit which is great yeah, you know you exactly. want that you want that for your ancestors. You want that kind of free time. So um, talk to me about uh, body experiences. Like, So what are some various body experiences that we can engage in to be more intimate with our partners or just connect a little bit more? Um, okay. Let's see. What else can I come up with? Uh, definitely, like I said, 
to me, people don't realize that simple things like eye gazing and sounds can be such a strong way to connect to each other. Um, if you're noticing that you never look at your partner while you're making love or having sex, that's a disconnect. You're probably more in your head and you're more focused on not in a bad way, but you're more focused on your sexual pleasure and you're just, you know, in your feeling than really connecting to your partner. And also it can also show that maybe there's, um, uh, a, a little disconnect to where you, it will help you and your partner go in more spiritually together to be able to look into each other's eyes. It's a very vulnerable thing to do while you're making love, you know? Um, and another are sounds. I am big on people. Let your sounds out. Okay. And that doesn't have to mean you're screaming to the top of the roof. Like you may see in porn. It could be just, letting out your gas, letting out whatever's natural. And that is one going to arouse you more and it's going to arouse your partner. And you're literally exchanging your energy together when you do that. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Good call. Absolutely. So uh, like I want to know your thoughts on promiscuity. Hmm, okay. So promiscuity, I would say that, you know, to each their own, whatever you feel is good for you. I always encourage, no matter what it is you're doing, be safe about it. I don't think that you need to be reckless just because you want to be promiscuous. You can still make sure you're honoring your body and your temple as much as you can. Um, I, I'll just say in, from a personal place, I'm somebody that I realize I cannot be too promiscuous in the physical Visually, I can be, which is why I, of course, have my OnlyFans. I'm very comfortable at this point visually showing it and expressing myself uh, provocatively. But when it comes to full in-person body-to-body union, that is something like very tough for me. It has to be a spiritual energy exchange. There has to be something beyond physical because if not, I leave in all of my like my running thoughts of shame, um, regret, all of those things start to come in. So um, that's my take on promiscuity. More so just always make sure you're being safe. Know, know about, you know, STI health. Know about um, birth control prevention if you want. No, just be aware of those things. I feel like not to turn this into like a health topic, but I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you can even still transmit a lot of STIs with a condom on. So be, be aware of your body. Really ask yourself, is it really serving me to connect with this person? Are you really gaining something out of it? Um, because you might have more to deal with after the sexual experience. Um, even if you were safe, so to speak. So really checking in with who deserves to experience your body in this way. That's my take on that. Okay. I dig it. And I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask, so we know that the, <clears throat> so a lot of people start exploring their sexuality and whenever they hear someone like you speak about it, they think that it's this long session drawn out, all that kind of stuff. But which which it is and it should be. It should be this thing that you embark upon to explore each other, to commit time and intimacy to your partner because it's a wonderful way to connect. It's a wonderful way to connect. And take your goddamn time. Don't you know, <laughs> skip out on Law and Order one night. You know, just one night. Yeah. Just watch it again. That's the beautiful thing that we don't have network TV that airs only once thing now. So spend some time on that. But my question is, uh, what are your thoughts or feelings about quickies you know every now and then you got to go have the the quick hey uh what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on it 
uh, I'm not opposed to them um, because I think they can keep your connection fun and alive. I think it's good to have a balance. I think if you have too much, you know, long, we'll just say tantric experiences that, um, you know, humans like to do something a little daring. They like to be a, a little, you know, we like to have fun. So yeah, if you are turned on and you want to quickie with your partner, you can go into that, but you can still go into it sacredly embodiedly. Um, whether that being, you know, kissing her or him, um, with intention, not just, not just like I'm just taking you for your body like always still connecting to the person's spirit and letting the love still be there um, so to speak but uh, yeah you can have quickies and it can be really really great sorry my mind's wandering to a quickie I had recently that's <laughs> <laughs> no, alright yeah remember guys <clears throat> you're on the hike uh, you, can, you can throw them against a tree lovingly so just remember that <laughs> right okay? exactly. and it is strongly encouraged and hell yeah it's fun you know doing the car thing i mean all that stuff um i won't share that story so anyway um <laughs> so let's talk about <clears throat> what you do outside of sexual stuff let's just put it that way um what, what do you enjoy outside of that world with your clothes on um, let me put it that way yes uh outside of that i i'm a really chill person so I like to do chill things like just going on walks with my dog. Um, I'm very much so, like I said, intrigued with learning more about my East Asian culture. I was heavily brought up with my Japanese culture. Um, so I'm wanting to learn the language more so that my mother and I can go back over to Japan and visit family that we have there. I'd love to speak fluently with them. Um, so that's really like my biggest pastime is ex learning and exploring more about that um and just keeping my health in shape i would uh, i tell people this a lot now but i would love to step into motherhood at some point so i just want to make sure that my body can handle a pregnancy because i have fear centered around that i'm sharing my blockages now um because of my head injury so i feel like oh, i'm not going to be able to bring a baby to full term i get these chronic head pressure migraines and all types of things um, so I really just try to keep my body in a healthy place so that I don't have fear or no, so that I can do that. It's really more so mental than physically. I need to get through the mental fears I have with pregnancy. Well, but that's, yeah. well it's interesting. Do you embark on plant medicine ceremonies at all? Ayahuasca? Mm -mm, I haven't done that yet. Uh, hashtag recommend, especially for what you were just talking about. I'll uh, actually, I know the uh, director of the Ayahuasca Foundation in Iquitos, Peru. So I'll hook you up with him. So you can go down there and do it the real way with the real guy. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank he, um, uh, his facility is where they filmed that down to earth with Zach Efron. Oh, yeah. okay. Dude named Carlos Tanner. Unbelievable. You'll love him. You're going to, I think this is, this is interesting. This is an avenue I think that you would really, really benefit from in all areas and applying, even applying it and integrating it into your work. Yes, absolutely. Cause you know, I help people with their blockages, but I have my own too. And, uh, one thing about me is I'm never scared to share them. Like some people that feel they're in a position of being a guide or a healer or a teacher, they 
they feel they can't share that vulnerability. But I'm always like, I can help you here. Now somebody help me here. So thank you so much for that resource. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your soul family. I, we'll, we'll get you hooked up with anybody you want. Um, so I, I wanted to ask, so what is one of the most fascinating things doing the work in the study that you do that you found out about either sex or the human body or anything that just blew you away that you would not have known otherwise had you not embarked on the journey that you are? Well, of course, that um, the clit clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. I Say, thought that what? was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, that is really freaking cool. And that, <laughs> that like helped me feel like, so generally women in orgasm through clitoral stimulation more than penetrative. Oh, car. I think I just heard a car accident. Oh, um, but uh, so for me, I think I want to give myself pleasure not necessarily more than my partner, but I'm, I feel like I should always give myself pleasure because this part is something that essentially, I mean, yeah, if my partner stimulates my clit too, but I can always give myself an incredible orgasm because my body literally holds a whole bunch of nerve endings right here that can be stimulated. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, what else did I discover? I don't know. I'd have to think on that one, but that one definitely stands out to me. I did not realize how powerful this little piece of my body is. <laughs> yeah. Fair dinkum. That is amazing. I did not know that either. Now I know more. So thank you. See, we teach each other. This oh, is wow. a safe place. I love this. Yeah. I didn't come in with that knowledge. Hey, do you know, it's going to, I, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's fascinating though. And the human body is amazing. And whenever we talk about it, the exchange of sexual energies, that is one of the most incredibly powerful things that you can express in this realm, I believe. And so to hold the keys to that and to be somebody so confident as yourself in it, I think it's wonderful and beautiful. So uh, when does the book come out? Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm, so I actually have always loved writing. I, I literally have books at my mom's house. She'll show me pictures sometimes like, do you remember writing this book? It's like a binder <laughs> this thick. Um, so I would definitely love to incorporate writing at some point. Um, I think more so even writing some type of like erotic novel because I just, I get all these thoughts in my head and I'm like, my relationship, we have our limitations. So I'm like, I want to like go into this fantasy place and put it in a book. <laughs> um, so it's something in the works. I don't know. I don't foresee or know when, um, but hopefully in the future. Yeah. Okay. The new Daniel Steele, right? Wasn't that her? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, I, I think we'll probably cap it here. I mean, this has been an awesome conversation. I think you're absolutely wonderful and we have a lot of stuff to talk about off air. So, um, thank you so much for your time. Like you're of course, totally welcome back anytime you want. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. It's been really great talking to you. I love so much that I can connect with people that are talking about these things. I just, even at my photo shoots, like when I can have a conversation with a photographer and we're talking about sex in the body and I don't fear that I'm about to be taken at that point, like it's just, we're just talking and we can do this. I love it. So thank you so much. Absolutely. You're absolutely welcome. And thank you. Honestly, you're helping us shatter these sexual boundaries and these taboos and we're just clearing them with these. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 3D. Yeah. Get out of here with that. Okay. Doing this over here. Don't listen to the news. Mm -hmm. uh, sex stuff. Yeah. We got Fatima. We're good. So thank you so much. <laughs> you're just another check in the box of observation and awareness. And I'm grateful that we've connected. So thank you. Sugoi. We like it. Hi. 
What an outstanding young lady. What an awesome, awesome conversation. All the ways, of course, guys, to find her will be located down in the show notes. So make sure that y'all check that out and research her further. Uh, as far as affiliate linked down there is our Food Forest Abundance. Check that out for sure. If you want to start your own podcast, do it through Lipson. That's our link down there. I believe you get two months free signing up through that thing. So that's a good deal. And if you're going to buy any goddamn thing at all on Amazon, do it through our link. It helps the show for something you were going to do anyway. So that's awesome. It's a win-win for everyone. Also located down there, if you want to expand your experience with us here on the show, is expandingrealitypodcast.com. Links to all socials, Rockfin for premium stuff, as well as become an expansive insider over there. We've got a lot of uh, uh, VIP stuff that we're doing, a lot of extra content. So you don't want to miss out on that. Definitely check that out. Linked in the show notes. So guys, go out into this beautiful place, whatever the fuck this is, and y'all pick up a piece of litter. Of course, be nice to everybody that you come across in your path. Help whoever needs it, because that's what we're here to do. And also uh, open doors for people, uh, buy somebody a coffee or a meal or something like that in line around you. It makes a small thing for you. Massive ripple effect in the collective. Also, make sure that you guys are going out there and getting the hell out of that left-hand lane. It's a pain in the ass. You got somebody behind you wanting to pass. Up the vibe just just like that. Just get out of the left-hand lane. Uh, but above all and anything else, guys, go out into this a beautiful place, whatever the hell it is. And y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.